Welcome to the On the Road podcast episode, whatever this is going to be. Today, um, I'm going to share some stories that uh, some World War II veterans were uh, able to share with me. Um, They just just decided to share with me. Um, One was just a guy with dementia and a family member who was like, wow, like he never shares these stories and for whatever reason um the guy wanted to open up and let me know and then another one and i i want to say one of them may have been a world war one veteran but i mean that's like kind of difficult because like what world war one was like uh between the years like 1916 1919 i think or something like that it could be a little bit wrong but uh i know it was around that time and uh so yeah that would be like a far fetch but um i did um was able to see some 100 year olds as well so um, that is a possibility but i think these are more world war ii stories i kind of think that one may have been world war one but um now i'm like kind of doubting myself like that i actually um that that was possible but um at this point i was working and I was able to talk to this person, and uh, I was working, what, 2000, maybe 8? So, it, it was a possibility, because that's, like, when that story uh, unfolded, it was around that time, so, that would have meant, meant that he was around 90, so, it is a possibility, but um, I can't confirm, or cannot, or whatever. And the reason why I want to share these stories is because it was just Memorial Day. And, uh, you know, I got some, uh, a lot of uh, people I know around here now are military veterans. Um, come from California. I think I knew a few. But over here, like, I just know a lot. Like, people I train jiu-jitsu with, like, a lot of them um, are military veterans or still in the military. And uh, I'm sure, like, they're annoyed if, like, civilians talking about the military they're just like, oh great, here here comes this this jerk. But um Yeah, hope you uh enjoy these stories and I'll like, you know, blabber on about other stuff too afterwards. But yeah, so like the first story uh I'll just go with like the shorter one first, because I this one was like in two thousand I think around two thousand eight time. Um this guy told me a story, um obviously. And uh yeah, he was a medic in World War One or World War Two? I want to say this is the story where he said he was in World War One, but um, he was telling me a story. I mean, this is gonna be a little bit graphic. I mean, but it is what it is. But uh, it was like when the flamethrowers were around, and he told me like the one of the worst patients he saw was he was trying to start an IV on a guy um, that was uh, flamethrowed. Um, was the result of. Um, burned uh via flamethrower and he said literally the guy's skin was uh dripping off his arm and he shared a lot more stories um which i can't really remember but they were pretty graphic it felt like i was uh reliving my uh, ptsd from watching save private ryan just kidding um but uh i mean that's a great movie but um i remember hearing that like a lot of veterans uh, I don't know how true this is, but, like, how real it was, and it kind of just, um, brought back some of their memories or whatever, so, 
But, uh, yeah. Um, and then next story was, this one was for sure World War Two, and this was a pilot, and he said, uh, he was, um, I forget what his mission was, but, uh, I mean, obviously he would, I think he would bomb, um, a bomber possibly, maybe, I forget exactly. It, it would make more sense that he was with the bomber because he had a crew, but, um, yeah, he said he was like near Japanese territories and his plane got shot down and he, uh, crashed into the Japanese ocean or not Japanese ocean, but like wherever, like possibly it was, uh, not like safe waters for him to crash into. And he was the only survivor. Um, I think he was out in the water or in the ocean for, I would say a couple days. Uh, I can't remember exactly now because my brain, but, um, yeah, he told me that. And then he said the way he was rescued was, uh, he was all nervous because I think he was like, uh, just, um, hanging out on some, uh, parts of the plane, I guess. And a submarine popped out of nowhere and he was nervous because he was in Japanese, uh, possibly Japanese waters. So he was nervous. He thought like he was definitely going to become a prisoner of war or just be killed. But luckily it was a, um, United States, um, submarine that actually came and rescued him. And then I was able to talk, talk to him. And he just like, uh, kind of started describing some of the guys he, um, worked with and like how like just sad it was and how young he was i think he was like 16 or 17 um and he just he just told me he's like i still like remember them like very clearly i'm like oh man now he's like you know obviously probably in his 90s um it was just you know just what they sacrificed and fought for it's just i feel like it's just really forgotten and um, so I wanted to share these stories with you guys just to kind of, um, I don't want these stories to like, to die out. I don't know if they've written books or whatever, but, um, I do appreciate, I have like a few more, but, um, I don't know if like those stories would be, uh, wanting to be shared. So I'm not going to do that, but, uh. Yeah, I just think we need to show a lot more respect to our veterans, which I think mostly we do okay. Like, we're at least a lot better than how I think everyone treated the Vietnam veterans. Um, but, yeah, especially with, like, uh, the whole mental health thing, too, just to kind of get them back to... But you can never... I don't think you can get your brain back to normal, but uh, be able to just, I guess, be able to process everything that's happened over there. Obviously, I'm not talking my I'm talking out of my butt because I don't I've never been in war but um I'm sure it's some hard things to process so I hope there's like some ways that uh people can help them deal with that but I don't know anyways just shout out to all the veterans I hope you enjoyed those stories of the uh the the veterans um world war ii i mean that's like just history right there you know um 
And of course, I've heard a bunch of stories uh, with my recent um, friends about being over in Afghanistan or um, Iraq, but uh, I'm not going to share any of those stories um, just because I, I, I can't go back and talk to like those veterans of like the World War II. Like, I just can't. But, you know, the friends of mine, I could probably like, you know, maybe... I mean, I don't, I don't even know, like, I'm sure, like, the code is they can't really talk too much about it either, so, uh, but definitely some horrifying things have happened, and, um, you know, it's just, uh, some difficult decisions they've had to make, uh, and I'm sure they're still processing, so, yeah, I just, um, much respect, um, and I don't know if I said this earlier, but yeah, yesterday was Memorial Day, and I was just, more of a grateful mood I'm in, you know, just even this morning I was able to, uh, before I start, like, cussing out at someone, um, for how bad they are at driving, and here I am, I don't know, but, yeah, I was just very grateful, um, just, my son was home, because my wife's not working today, so I got to, like, watch him wake up, and just, it was just nice and just um, thankful that we have troops that, you know, keep our country where it is. And I hope uh, continue to keep it that way. So grateful for that. But, um, yeah, yesterday was nice. We all went to the beach, you know, and it makes you think of, like, Normandy. Like, that's, like, the big uh, beach um, veteran historical event so yeah I mean you see like all those memes of like the soldiers you know going to the beach uh, to battle you know and then here we all are just you know just getting fat on the beach you know just kidding but uh yeah I just feel like these generations need to have some respect but um I don't know. Who knows if they do or if they don't. But, uh, yeah, just uh, in a thankful mood this morning. Yesterday I was able to do some jujitsus before I go and uh, hang out with the fam at the beach. And um, Yep, the in-laws uh, cooked some amazing food like they normally do for us, and that was nice. And just um, went over to their house, and it was a good time. And walked down to the beach, and the beach was nice. And, as, as it always is, and I kind of like it when it's gray like that, because it's, uh, I mean, it was cold, but, um, it just reminds me of a lot of the good surfing days I've had with my buddy, uh, Chris, um, which can't wait to get him eventually on here, and we can talk about some of our surfing days, and, um, I know he was doing a program for, uh, mental health and stuff, like, uh, pushing for it for veterans and stuff, so I would like to know where he is on that, but, um, But yeah, just, uh, it was a nice day, just hanging out with everyone. Um, just watching the pelicans gliding over the waves, that's always one of my favorite things to do. It kind of just keeps me, uh, I don't know, just, uh, in the moment, uh, present, that's the word. Um, not that I need a pelican to glide over ocean waves to make me be present but you know just 
it's just cool just to be able to be out in nature and just enjoy what nature has to offer. Blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was a good day. Um, Jiu-jitsu-wise, I got to work some stuff that Juan showed me, and I appreciate that. The whole headlock series. Actually, I can't talk too much more about it, but uh, top secret moves. But, um, yeah, it was... Um, it, that's the cool thing for me about showing up to jiu-jitsus and with a game plan of what I want to work on that day because no matter if I get my butt kicked or not, like I get... Uh, someone was talking about this on a podcast. Feedback. I forget which one it was. I think it was the Globetrotters BJJ Fanatics one. Hey, you get feedback back. Like, feedback back. You know, whether you just come in with a chaotic approach with nothing planned, you're probably not going to retain as much. But if you come in with a plan, then whether you fail or succeed, you're going to get feedback and then know what you need to fix. And that could be the same with a lot of things in life. So kind of cool um yeah definitely enjoyed yesterday on the mats thankful for my teammates they all pushed me to become better although the right side of my hand is affecting me I don't know what I did to it um it started out with my ring finger knuckle but I don't know it could be just two separate things but uh yeah, it's just the outside of my hand. It cracks every now and then. Like, when I go to, like, open a doorknob, it hurts a little bit. Um, and it's funny, the other day, everyone wanted to freaking shake my hand. And uh, it's, like, the outside of the bone on my hand where, like... So some people, they, like, you know, it's a respectful thing to give, like, a strong handshake, you know? Which I get, but it's, like, my hand freaking hurts. So I tried to fist bump some people, but they just let their hand out. And I was like, ah, well, I got to shake their hand. And then they do that whole tight, strong hand handshake and freaking crippling my hand even more. And then randomly this this one guy was like, uh, we were on a call and wanted to shake our hands because... uh, we like helped his family member and it was just something simple we helped the family member with and he wanted to shake my hand too i was like no and so i went to like just pound like you know knuckles instead and like he was like all awkward and thrown off and i was like but i just had to keep walking i wasn't trying to be rude but just like my hand freaking hurts i don't know why everyone wants to shake my hand all of a sudden so yeah so i had to protect myself um from handshakes tired of it guys stop shaking my hand um yeah but i looked up like boxer fractures and stuff and i don't think it's fractured because it's not swollen so i don't know what the heck i did to it but i had it all wrapped up kind of worked um the wrap job gave some support at first it hurt but once your adrenaline's going you don't really feel much until, like, your adrenaline's not there anymore and you're back to normal feeling, living. But that's, like, another thing, too, is, like, when I'm 
just sitting around and not training as much, I start to get all achy and stuff, so uh, I feel a lot better when I'm moving. And that's what jiu-jitsu does. Yep. I love to uh, get a quick workout in before to warm my body up. About a 30 to 40 minute uh, workout with kettlebells, depending on what part of the body I want to work on. And that gets me a little bit warmed up, and then I go and do some jujitsus. And uh, I was feeling pretty durable until this hand thing, which is usually what happens when I start to be like, oh, I'm pretty, uh, built myself to be pretty durable now. And then something breaks. But we aren't playing patty cake, so obviously some things are gonna hurt. And now it's my hand. My hand hurts. My hurt. My hand it hurts. Um, so I brought some things with me to work that I can hopefully strengthen my hand. Hoping I can figure this out and not have to go to Conquer Movement. Not that I don't want to go, but I feel like I go to him like at least once every four months for something. So I'm trying, I always try to stretch out how long I can not be there in there for, but might need to make a trip. And then, uh, Lindsay at, a Salty Dog, um, John's wife was asking me because I had to wear wrestling shoes for a while. Um, and they all gave me crap about it. And that's where I got the name Sambo added to my name. Better slow down. I see a sheriff now again. Easy to see them reporting a podcast. I was going to go down that route, but I recorded one for, I think, On the Road 6. you got to check that one out. It's pretty funny. It's around the minute mark of 22.30. So I might make a little short uh, video clip for that. But you guys will already see that because this is a later episode. But I really want to make like, a quick comic of the whole sheriff versus... This character podcast podcast, but this character sounds more like Jim Gaffigan's character, whereas uh, the other one on the episode six is more mine. I guess I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, more kind of like that dog. Anyways, yeah. Uh, I guess Lindsay's feet on the outside are kind of bugging her, which mine is too, a little bit on the right side, right foot. Um, I guess it's from planting off the mat. It's like, you know, you're using all that weight. You're putting it on that that area of the foot. And then, let's say you're planting off not just your weight, but your opponent's weight. Of course, something's going to, like, give, you know? And uh, i got to figure out how to strengthen the foot there. Which, I did go to Conquer Movement once for that. And learned some exercises that kind of loosens everything up in there, but, uh, I should probably get back to some of those exercises, but I feel like I have to constantly do all these exercises now, and so, like, that's usually what I do for jiu-jitsu, is I, I'll do, I'll figure out which one is, like, the worst to work on, and then I work on it, like, my shoulders bugged me for a bit, so I was doing, like, a bunch of shoulder exercises, and my back always tightens up a bit, so... I obviously 
open up my thoracic spine with the, all those exercises. I'd probably do that once a week. Um, with the foot thing, I can do like on my couch. Um, although I do need to get the uh, massage gun and um, massage out the outer part of my right leg because uh, that can tighten up and pull on the foot, which is probably what I should do to my hand as well, just see if that works. <sighs> but it's just, they all accumulate. Um, and I think that's why I started taking ice baths a while back, just because it was just, I had so much, so many things piling up, so I was like, I'll just ice everything all at the same time. But uh, I don't like taking ice baths, it's freaking cold and miserable. <laughs> And I don't even know if it really works. It probably does, but I don't know. Maybe I should look it up uh, during my next semester because they have access to scholarly articles and I can see if they actually work or not. Or if it's just a bunch of baloney. But, um, yeah. Yep, so just small little injuries piling up happens and then you know you have like the back of your head like oh well, what are you gonna do when you get older you're gonna have all these things like what do you want me to do just sit on the couch and not move around this stuff's good for me yeah but uh yeah that's another thing I'm t- thinking about too Except I'm uh 37 38 soon in August and uh, I'm kind of trying to think of like what jujitsu would be good for a older body and I don't feel like I do anything too crazy um, that I know of I feel like my game is pretty uh, basic-ish like I don't think I really invert too much which I hear is not good for your back in the long run I guess if you do it the wrong way or against the wrong people. Um, but yeah, we were just we were having a discussion about that the other day too. And uh, the guy John, Big John, we train with. He uh, plays a lot of half guard, and that's what he says. It's like probably the best guard for older people is half guard, which I can agree. And I like playing half guard. Um, I feel like we do a lot of half guard at our gym definitely have a decent half guard game now crap um especially adding that whole octopus guard to it as well when people are trying to shoulder smash you just throw that arm try to take their back or do that hip bump sweep but i've been messing that up so i need to watch some craig jones videos to correct that but um and i'm not like getting up either i'm kind of just like lazily doing it so but still off-balancing people. But, uh... That's a fun guard to work. Uh, I would just say open guard's just the toughest guard to work. So, my new goal is to... look up a bunch of Jason Rao videos. Now, I know I'm doing it late, because now everyone is, like... He's getting a lot of credit now through uh, Nikki Ryan and stuff, like on Lex Freeman's podcast... Um, about one of the best uh, jiu-jitsu guys that just doesn't bring it to the competition realm. Like, it just doesn't convert. Um, 
but he's really like tough in the gym and beats up a lot of people in the gym but just for whatever reason can't do it out in competition which I have some theories on that well granted I don't know who Jason Rao is but um I mean personally I don't I know who I've heard of him like his name's been mentioned quite a bit through uh mainly like a lot of the old school DDS guys would always bring him up so <clears throat> I think he'll be a good guy to watch because uh, I get stuck in reverse De La Hiva a lot and there's there's a lot of options from there so I need to yeah pass this truck that's what I need to do it's like swerving a little bit <clears throat> just works more stuff from there uh, I feel like I have a good like stalling reverse De La Hiva but I don't really have an offensive one so that's like a new goal of mine is to to work on that. Sorry for the snorting. My allergies are kicking in a little bit. I don't know if I have my uh, allergy spray with me. <sighs> yeah, it's a nice sunny day. Uh, it's going to be about 74 degrees with a 30 uh, degree um, wind chill of uh, 75. Uh, yeah. Yep. Jiu-jitsu's. And Memorial Day. Yep. It's a good time. I like uh, to talk about the jujitsu. And I wrote actually a pretty cool thing, I think, of uh, Chuck Liddell versus uh, Guy Mesger. And I always thought it was Guy Metzger, but it's actually Guy Mesger. Um, I'm uh, catching up on all the prides. I've watched, I think, 1 through 14. Pride 1 through 14. This is Pride Fighting Championships. It was like a big organization. Um, and it was uh, competing with the UFC for a while. Like, uh, I think at one point, I would say Pride was the better organization. The more had the best fighters. Um, which created a really cool time to watch the UFC when they all merged over to the UFC because eventually Pride went uh, under and the UFC accumulated a lot of the fighters. But uh, before that, now I am watching uh, all the Prides. And it's just cool to see all these young guys that are now legends in the sport. Um, young in their career. Like, have their fights there. And uh, I think it was, it was Chuck Liddell's first fight in Pride. And, of course, like, I'm more... Like, I've watched a lot more UFCs than I have Pride, so it was cool to see Chuck Liddell, because he's a legend in the UFC. But I was like, oh, wow, like, this is his first fight in Pride. I totally forgot about this. And uh, it was a kind of like a cross-promotion. It was just, like, randomly in the middle of, like, a Pride event, too. And they had a UFC fighter fight in Pride, and I just thought that that was amazing. Um, like, really cool. And... Just, uh, it was like a huge risk too because I think Chuck Liddell was like one of the top prospects of the UFC he had a whole cool haircut a cool tattoo on the side of his head he's a knockout artist um, good wrestling good wrestling defense and then they're putting him against a pretty good kickboxer I would say, Guy Mesger and Mesger was on a 4 fight win streak 
um, one fight outside of Pride and three in. Um, so he was looking pretty good. He had some recent KOs too, um, against some pretty tough guys. And yeah, he was like becoming a monster there too. Uh, part of the lion's den, uh, Ken and Frank Shamrock and, uh, which was like a big gym back then. And, uh, yeah, it was just cool to see that unfold the way it did. Um, round one, Mezger just, I think he outclassed Chuck Liddell. I mean, Chuck Liddell did land some good shots, but I think outpointing wise, I would say Mezger did win that first round. And Mesger did drop Chuck Liddell once. But in round two, just Chuck Liddell just uh, put a, uh, a flurry together. Like, a, just a huge combo. And knocked Mesger out. Like, to the point where, like, his knee, like, or his leg went under his body. And, yeah, just, uh, it was a cool fight to see. Because, uh, actually, Chuck Liddell was in, had some adversity, overcame it and knocked Mesger out and uh just the ramifications of that fight too like just uh was pretty cool to see just um UFC versus Pride you know uh and that's what I write about in my little blog little bloggy poo about that little uh moment in time um how cool it is when uh fight companies kind of combine or come together and put their fighters against each other i i think like that's some of the most exciting times in sports is or in fighting i guess is that because uh i mean what if you had like the xfl chance play the super bowl champs obviously like we all know what's going to happen but i'm saying like what if like they were like closer to skill that'd be pretty exciting right Oh, no, I gotta wait for this person to turn into this parking lot. God, it's taking forever. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just, uh, I would like to talk more about that moment in time. It sucks that I had to bring it up towards the end of my On the Road a podcast, but um, it is what it is. I like to keep these short, 30 minutes. I'm at my 30 minute mark. So I'm going to chill out. Um, I hope you all enjoy that blog about the whole Guy Mesger versus Chuck Liddell. I might go over it some more. I might not. There's a lot to cover in the whole Pride. So um, maybe this is just good enough. But toodaloo. See you all later. Bye-bye.